This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the Thursday edition of the Bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. I'm Patrick Osborne. He is Brandon Elkins. Hello. And you got us for the next hour once again. Yay. And as usual, we're more than happy to be here today. Of course. Lots to get to. Uh, wanted to start with the... Uh, Are we doing something different again today? Wanted to start with some local guys yes. here. Like, and it's not your Texas Longhorns, although nope. we will get to that. I uh, wanted to start, start with a little Austin FC. Because while I wouldn't say that they disappointed me last night, they certainly uh, they didn't meet my expectations. Sure. And they, they fell to the Portland Timbers last night. Potential uh, playoff clinching game right. for Austin FC last night. Which, well, technically no, because Sounders won. No, actually, Sounders lost mm-hmm. last night. So, yeah, that would have mm-hmm. been. Yeah. Oh, man. Which, in and of itself, is is already a it's a hell of a feat, yeah. considering that this is their second year as yeah. a major league it's soccer crazy. team. You'd love to see it. But uh, they fell 2-1 in a defeat to Portland last night at Q2 Stadium. Uh, Sebastian Drusi scored Austin's only goal in the 79th minute. He became the first player in the MLS uh, this season to reach 20 goals, though, so that's certainly something. Contributing to at least one goal in 11 consecutive matches, which is a league-best tally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin started pretty well last night. They created chances from a couple threatening headers in opening 10 minutes. Uh, Some, you know, exciting saves, a ball ringing off the crossbar. It looked like they were off to a strong start, but uh, eventually the, the Timbers actually... Uh, scored in the 16th minute. Austin' uh, best chance to really equalize came in the 57th, but really couldn't couldn't make it happen mm-hmm. there. They did, they did eventually score in the 73rd minute, but that was all they got last night. So playoff hopes for your Austin FC will have to wait until another game. But I mean, they didn't look bad by any by any stretch. I right. mean, that, that's soccer for you. you How know? many games left? There's under 10 games left. I believe now at I least. believe you're right. Yeah, they're still a- in second place. They're still seven points. Uh, in front of Minnesota, so this doesn't hurt. It does it does it suck? Yeah, it's annoying because it's yeah. Portland. Yeah, and Portland is actually a pretty decent team. They're they're in the number seven spot, so they're they're a play, they're most likely going to be a playoff team. So, you know, it is what it is. It happens. You're not going to win every game. Yep. But you know, as long as you keep getting at least a a point for the rest of the season, you should be fine. And they'll, they're going to make the playoffs regardless. So just. Depends on what seed they're going to get at this point. Before coming, and right now they're sitting at two and it's looking all right. Before coming down here to uh, to you know from the Pacific Northwest, yes. Were you were you much of a fan of the Sounders or, or the Timber for I'm that matter? Huge, I'm a huge Sounders fan. So you, so you follow the MLS to, for a while? Oh yeah, I've been I've been to a ton of games. I used to sit with the ECS uh, all the time, and that was fun learning all the dances and singing along. And that's like a lot the, of those, the the supporter section, Emerald City supporters. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they're the ones that basically chant and you know, kind of like what what y'all do. You know, we don't throw beer like y'all do, but we. Still oh, this have is fun. Texas, my friend. Yeah, That's yeah, you. but yeah, I've been going to games forever, man. I was going when I first started going to Sounders games. It was like ten bucks to go to a to go to a game. Yeah, and that was back in two thousand nine. I I remember when the MLS first hit the scene. I see. That's the thing. Nobody I was watching. Yeah, I don't remember. You don't remember that? that? Yeah, that was a lot. That was a little bit before. It was my a while time. ago. Yeah, but nobody was watching, and for years it was it was just a struggle. You know, just to get anybody to show up, right? And I really think the MLS is is finally onto something. Finally, making it a name for itself, yeah. a legitimate name for itself as professional, mm-hmm. a professional sports league. 
And I think it's really cool that we've we've got a team here. I mean, I would love to have Perfect a pro timing. ball team, you know, and a pro football team. And but it's great that we've got a, a you know major league soccer, mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the league right, right. now. So I I've uh, for a long time followed you know, Chelsea over in uh, in the UK, uh, Celtic out of Scotland, stuff like that. But I haven't followed much MLS until we got one here. Right. And it's been a lot of fun it's watching fun, right? them so far. Yeah, it's fun. Have you been to a game yet? I w- not. I've not been to an Austin that. FC game. I have, I've that. actually only been to one one MLS game ever. It was a Houston Dynamo game, probably about ten years ago. Okay, and and it was God, See, it was so much fun. And that was ten years ago. Yeah. Just imagine how much more how much more fun it would be now. With it's, I mean, it's pretty much at its height of popularity at the moment. Mm. And you know that because look at the deal they just did with Apple. Yeah. Right. And I and I really think it's because it's been very convenient to watch games. They make it the easiest possible, as easy as possible to watch a game. Because I know, because I mean, you may have to pay a little extra, but I have ESPN Plus, so they they show all the games on there. Any game, any MLS game you want is on there, and so I can always watch my Sounders on there or. If I, you know, switch up my VPN a little bit, I can I can get it on Amazon Prime and watch it on there. And it's just the convenient factor of watching, and they're always on Fox. They're on Fox all the time and ABC dur- during the weekends. So I feel like the convenient factor, convenience factor of the MLS, not only helped bring more fans in, but just probably got it to maybe main one of the main reasons why it's hyped up so much right now. Yeah, because everybody can watch it whenever they want, and it's easy and it's fun. And that that stadium, that Q two stadium, that's something yeah. else. And going to games is a blast. Yeah, even yeah. if you're not in the supporter section, you can still participate all around the stadium. And especially Q two, they put you right up to the edge too. That's yeah. super cool. You're, you're, you can be on the field pretty much. Yeah, I definitely got to make it over there. Or the pitch on the pitch. Sorry. So I, you know, they Austin FC dropped one last night. I don't. But it's think okay. that, I don't think that means anything for their playoff. They're okay based on for right what we've now. seen. They just can't keep dropping them, but they'll still be fine. They'll still make the playoffs. Now you brought up uh, watching games mm-hmm. like Amazon and stuff like that. Well, Amazon Prime, uh, the NFL debut, the numbers are out. Uh, they had an NFL debut? Yeah, see, oh, and that's no. the thing. Amazon <laughs> probably is wishing these numbers weren't out. Oh, no. Uh, Thursday's 49ers-Texans game on Amazon Prime generated an average audience of 1.03 million people. I don't know what they expected. A shockingly – well, all right, so surprisingly – now, keep in mind, I mean, to some degree it's not a surprise because – it was preseason. So anyone who has right? an Amazon Prime account could watch that game. Then. Yeah. It was exclusively on Amazon Prime? Uh, no. No. Okay. The, they, it was also over air in the markets in, well, in Houston and San Francisco. Yeah. I can see but where the problem else. happened. Well, but but here's a big problem, too. You're a, you're a football fan. You didn't know mm-hmm. that the NFL was going to be streaming on Amazon Prime. They have a marketing problem. Yeah. And so if if Which is if weird the to say fans about the NFL. Know. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, they, it, I mean- their network TV can gather just massive audiences, mm-hmm. right? Especially Amazon. Streaming's a lot more niche, though. I mean, Amazon could too, but I mean, they have. You've got to let following. people know that you're there, right? Uh, hasn't been a significant push to you know, make people aware of this fundamental shift. And and thir- this, I believe, it's a this is going to be a pretty regular thing on Thursday nights, right? Shifting from the three letter network to the six letter streaming service. Don't, didn't they get uh, Al Michaels and? I know Richard Sherman is a part of that broadcast now too, and I think they got a bunch of other former players on that. They're on getting that big broadcast. names, yeah. I probably won't watch just because of Al Michaels, but that's my own issue with Al Michaels. Yeah, cannot believe he still has a job. Al Michaels? I'm not a fan. You don't. You're not, huh? dude. Just 
and I made this argument with Ed. Maybe you'll understand this a little bit more. He is has the most mundane calls for the biggest games, at least recently. Yeah, back in the day, he was great. I I I take nothing away from that. But man, when you're having a huge play now, you want a guy like Gus Johnson in there who's gonna scream his head off and just describe everything in perfect yeah. symphony. Yeah. And Al Michaels is like, oh, he caught it. Touchdown. <laughs> He's like, wow. It, it's kind of like listening to Joe Buck call call a World Series game. I like Joe Buck. Though. I do too. I'm a but huge you fan of Joe Buck. You, well, I was a bigger fan of him years ago. I don't know why. I, 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 he's, but he's he's gotten that way to me. He just seems okay. like all right. Well, and and maybe 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 it's a maybe comfortability, not, but thing. maybe not quite to the degree though of Al I Michaels. Mean, I'll and, give you that though, Al. I mean, if he wanted to retire, certainly I don't think anybody'd right. miss and, him at this point. And no offense, but I I feel like it's an age thing, right? Like you don't have the energy you once had. I can go to the back to Dave Niehaus. Remember hearing all those calls uh, in Dave, the '90s and 2000s? Yeah. When you heard him later in the years when he was getting up there and getting a little older, he couldn't really do that anymore. And it's it's not anyone's fault, I, and it just sucks, sucks to you have to bring it up because they're in the spotlight, right? Yeah. You know, this is their job. And when you don't do it very well, you shouldn't be getting any more work. Well, and, I, you know, you make a fair point there. Like I can – when you think back to, like, Milo Hamilton's call of Hank Aaron's, you know, 715. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was just full of life and, and energy. And then when you look to 2005, when Game Six of the NLCS, the Astros clinch, and they to go to the series for mm-hmm. the first time ever in St. Louis, and Milo's call caught some criticism because decades later the energy just wasn't there. Right. So despite this being a massive moment for Houston, he couldn't pump it out. And I think you're right; it's oh, just yeah. it's just one of those age things. It, it is catch it really up to is. all of us. I don't know how old Al Michaels is, but I know he's been doing this a very very long time. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why they, why he, maybe he was going to get taken off Sunday Night Football and this, or by, and NBC, and this was their way of just be like, hey, why don't you just say you're retiring and, and, you know, go do, go do something else. We're good now. Yeah. Cause I know they have a new crew, which actually I wish I knew off the top of my head now who it was. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll, by the but end anyway, of the season, we got we'll, way off topic here. We right. were talking about um, what were, we were talking about Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime and, numbers. And well, and and when you look at those numbers too, you got it. You got to take into account a couple of things. I mean, obviously, like we mentioned, preseason numbers, right? Marketing wasn't there, but you also need to take into account the fact that it was broadcast in each market over the air, yeah. regular broadcast. Uh, we're told the game drew about four hundred ninety-four thousand viewers in the two markets, uh, with about five hundred thirty-six thousand, I guess, watching on Amazon Prime. Ouch. These are small numbers, Ouch. and not, hopefully, I'm... hopefully, it's not a sign of what's to come for the NFL. Mm. You know, they may realize they made a bad call here, but they're going to have to – one industry insider put it, uh, preseason ratings roughly 20% of what the regular season game should right. do. Right? I was going to argue that. So roughly $5 million per game, less than half of the $12.5 million number that Amazon is uh, reportedly suggesting to its advertisers. It's got a lot of ground to cover. Absolutely. Sure. sure. But, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what they expected from a preseason game, especially – a game with two teams that, sure, are, are fairly popular, but not to the extent of like, oh, I need to go watch their preseason games. Yeah, yeah I agree. I feel like during the season, yeah, it'll be convenient for uh, the people outside their market who can't normally watch it unless they you know, buy the NFL Sunday ticket or something like that or st- stream it illegally, which you can do. Um, does so, the NFL, do, does, does, uh, do they have blackout restrictions like the MLB does? No. 
Uh, no, 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 not for a so Sunday you, ticket. So you could watch it on that in your own market. Yeah, it's, okay. it, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. I could be wrong. I wish we could have people call let me know. Yeah. But I've only used it outside the market, right, because you don't need it when you're right. – you don't. we need to worry about it because you can just watch it on your own TV. But, however, a lot of these streaming sites, you know, the streaming cable channel uh, apps – don't have local show and shows, yeah. So that's when that comes into play again. So I got you. So again, I don't maybe blacked out. I know MLB is the worst at it, but I also understand. But it's just suck. It yeah. sucks. It's horrible. I can't stand just that. Just get a VPN. It's actually pretty easy. Hey, did you see this contract extension that Russell Wilson got? I did. This thing is massive. It's a two hundred and forty-five million dollar extension. Uh, so general manager George Patton. He's. I mean, he's been saying for a long time. He wants he wants a long term quarterback. He wants to sign Russell Wilson to a long term extension. They sure. got it. Uh, I actually feel like this is less than what I expected. Five year, two hundred forty five million dollars includes one hundred sixty five million in guaranteed money. Uh, in turn, it puts him only behind uh, Deshaun Watson's two hundred thirty million mm-hmm. and uh, Kyle Murray with the the Cardinals and his one hundred eighty nine point five million. Uh, but he's only behind. It looks like. Uh, well, so, I mean, this is a big one. This is one yeah. of the biggest contract extensions I believe there is. Third most lucrative. That's what I was looking for there. Third most lucrative in NFL history in terms of guaranteed money. Isn't it funny, though, how how this kind of feels kind of lame when we've, just gone, well, when we've just gone through with the MLB and those $400 million oh, wow. extensions that they did for Soto and Julio Rodriguez yeah. and all that? Like, this, is, this feels like it's nothing, and <laughs> it's $245 million. Yeah. But uh, but you said it right there, it's not fully guaranteed. No, it's not fully. And guaranteed. let me tell you why. So this this comes out to a seven year extension total for him. So he's under contract right, with the other two. Yeah, with Denver for seven years. I would bet you all the money I don't have that he doesn't make it all seven years. I'm not saying he will get. I'm not saying anything bad will happen. I'm just saying most likely he's going to retire before this contract. Now, that's possible because he certainly says he wants to be in, in Denver. He's, I believe it was, quote, for a long, long time, hopefully oh for the he rest said, of my career. Yeah, he said that with Seattle. So Did he say we'll for the rest how, of my career in 100%. Seattle? Did he really? You can, oh. you can 100% find him say that. Yeah. Well. And again, look, he's supposed to say that. I get it. I just, I just, you know, and good for him for getting his money. I'm still a fan of his regardless, you know, because he did so much for, for my team for a whole decade. Like, I appreciate him. This is a business. I understand that. I don't get mad when players leave because if they have their own control, the control of their career, more power to them. Yeah, now he it's does really hard in in this in this day and age. He says right here he wants to play another ten to fifteen years. Yeah, he's been saying that for ten to fifteen, for 10 to 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> yeah. So well, again, what do you expect him to say? Right? Like he's saying all the right things. He knows how he's been trained so well to say the, be the the coach speak. Uh. Uh, the king of coach speak, I guess, nice. is what I'm trying to say. So, and you can tell, you can tell he's so good with the media. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, you know, again, I, I, good for him. I don't think he's going to live out that whole contract. I think he'll retire or be out of the league before that thing ends or be on another team. We still got a lot more on the way here on the bullpen, including the possibility of some momentum speeding up toward a college football playoff expansion. Bring that more here on the way on the bullpen. This is The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back. This is the Thursday edition of The Bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. And, of course, before Happy the, Thursday. Happy Real Thursday quick. to we you. We didn't get to do that. Happy, Happy Thursday. How are you? I'm 
Okay. Yeah. A little hectic, you know, because I don't know if you've heard, but we got struck by lightning. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I, 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 I walked right into that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, good. I did hear about that. I wonder if that's why we're still in the same studio. Uh, but no, that that's uh, about has been pretty much dominating. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow, about 2 p.m. I'm gonna go home and sleep for there you go two days. Hell yeah! Mm. So that's that's how my I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I used to think that it was a waste of a day, a day off to sleep. And now one of the favorite things I can do on, on a Saturday or Sunday is just stare at the back of my eyelids. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely that love sounds it. sounds nice. Yeah. I have to take my cat for walks. You have to take your cat for walks? I do. Like with a leash? Uh, no. I just kind of follow behind her. I have to like basically lap around my property the whole time. And why do you have to do this? Uh, because she really likes going outside, and she's just a baby in a very high-traffic area uh, full of uh, very mean hawks that I've seen go after some big oh, creatures. Okay. Yeah. I've also seen a turkey vulture in my neighborhood. Yeah, they'll um, carry a cat and away. Again, yeah. she doesn't know any better. I want I'm just I'm training her to get used to being outside, but I don't want her to be an outdoor cat. Yeah. Yeah. Like she can she can enjoy being outside for a little bit, but then she's coming right the hell back in. I think that's a good idea, especially when you got hawks all over the place. I guess. Yeah. So the uh, college football board uh, play, college football playoff board of managers, they're gonna meet tomorrow. And there's a possibility that we could see some momentum toward a playoff expansion. I love it. Uh, holding a virtual meeting tomorrow could accelerate this expansion as early as 2024 if the 11 presidents and chancellors who comprise this uh, powerful group vote on a format and then unanimously agree to it. Source Good. told ESPN that it's about a 50-50 shot that there's going to be any kind of vote on this. Really? But, 50-50? Come on. Uh, they know we want more. Just give us more. Well, we definitely want that. Uh, CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock is not con- confirming or denying this report, which I've often found means you you might as well have confirmed it. Because what? either either deny it or or don't. Uh, but well, I can either con- confirm or deny that. So you so you're saying it happened then? Is what, that's how yeah, I always exactly. hear it. That's yeah. how I always hear it. Absolutely. Why does the college football playoff committee have to act like they're in the FBI or see it? CIA with like this secrecy or anything. You're literally supposed to do what the fans want. You're supposed to listen to the fans. You're supposed to listen to uh, college football in general to see what everybody else wants. You can you know what everyone else wants. So why the secrecy? What are you doing? Just do it. I agree. I mean, this it's not like people don't want to know, and it's not like it, you're gonna you know you're gonna ruin anything. No. You know, absolutely you're not, not. You're only going to make more money. Yeah, there's going to be no raid on Mar-a-Lago because of something like that, right? Uh, but I wonder the, if there are plans in Mar-a-Lago that, <laughs> that we could, don't know that's about. That's what they were going. That's after. what they're finding, that, and that's why. See, that's, that's why, why the, story the DOJ came out. doesn't want to let go. Distraction. It all comes together. <laughs> uh, the CFP, though, you know, it's entering its final four years of a 12-year contract with ESPN. Expires following the 2025 season. Uh, so to expand before the contract ends, there, there's going to have to be a unanimous decision by both the presidents and the chancellors here. And whether or not whether or not we'll see that, I, I, I don't know. But yeah. I, I've I've seen more support from uh, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Ten. They're they're voicing more support for this expansion. Uh, I think initially they weren't all that in favor, and then they realized they lost about four hundred and fifty million dollars in potential revenue. Hello. Uh, so. No, well, it's, it's not really a bad idea. We can, get, we can go ahead and get behind this. <laughs> uh, AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco, he's also, uh, he says he's open to 12 or 16 teams, giving Thank all you. giving all 10 FBS conference champions automatic bids. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can get, I can get behind that. I mean, it makes so much sense. 
It really does. And just try 12 to start. And if that works out really well and people are still complaining that we needed to go to 16, then go to 16. But leave it at 16. It doesn't need to go any higher than that. Yeah, I would think that 16 is ample. That is very ample because there's so many teams out there that deserve to get in that can't get in because there's only four slots. Give yeah. me a break. Yeah. That's yeah. not a real playoff. That's a mini tournament. I mean, you can pretty much, on any given year, pretty much guarantee who's going to be in it. Exactly. You know, it's the you, same five, yeah. four or five every year. Now, you know, which bowl game said school ends up at could be up for debate, but whether or not Alabama, mm-hmm. Ohio State, you know, Clemson, Clemson, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, you know, yeah. Whether or not those guys are going to end up in a bowl game, I, that shouldn't be up for debate. Yeah. In fact, I saw something kind of weird uh, earlier today that it was like, uh, they were, I, I didn't, I don't remember who was doing the rankings, but. Showed like only like a seventy nine percent chance that the Crimson Tide would make it make it to the playoffs. That seems odd. It's like who didn't give that one hundred percent? Especially because like who, they're projected. Who pays you to write stuff yeah, like that? They're projected to not lose a game at all this year. Yeah, zero. So how, if they're going to lose any, they're going to lose two, and that's going to be to both the Texas teams. Yeah. So how could you <laughs> how could you give them below eighty percent chance? How could you well how, below one hundred percent? To I get mean, people like us to talk about it, probably. I guess clickbait. so. That's total clickbait. Give me a break. Dude, nobody collects please, a paycheck for that. it though. Well, look, that he probably got a lot of clicks for it and probably got a lot of traffic because of it because I'll bet Crimson Tide fans were upset to see that. Yeah. Probably weren't too happy, even though they shouldn't care because they know where they're going to be at every year. So do you think they should start with 12? Or we, if they yeah, said, why not? If, if they just said, oh, we're going to go ahead and just kick it right off with 16. Would you? Fine. I'm fine with, with both. I think it would be just great anything? to do a 12 just to see how well that works first because and then you know figure out the problems with the 12. Because when you're talking about 16, you're talking about a lot of teams. Yeah. So going to start with 12, you know it's not going to run smoothly right away. Yeah. Figure out what the problems are, and then you can ad- advance to 16 eventually. Uh. You know, give it a couple years, see what it, see what happens. Yeah. We 16. we saw what this the four you know the four team playoff is, and it's crap. So give us more. Four is definitely not. And they're enough. taking away other bowl games. You know, they're not going to be as many bowl games this year as there've been in the past. So you may as well allow more teams to get a shot at the playoffs then so that we don't have to worry so much about the bowl season. Yeah. Oh, look, look what I found. I actually did. I just I just found this ESPN college football playoff predictor. Hey, this is what I was just talking about here. <laughs> now, the Texas Longhorns are on this list. However, well yeah, they're projected to win 7 games, so yeah. they should be. Uh number 1 on the list. All right, so let, let me let's set this up a little bit. All right. So this is uh the, the ESPN college football playoff predictor and uh Number one on the list is Ohio State at eighty three point one percent chance to make the playoff. Shocking! Like none of these teams have a hundred percent chance on this on this list, and I okay. I don't I don't understand this. What I don't know what I'm I'm not reading right here. Alabama seventy nine point seven percent chance. Georgia seventy five point two. They uh, must be they must be using a lot of different factors to weigh into that. Like maybe injuries could be a factor. You know, what if Bryce Young goes down? Okay, you know, like, I think they still make it. Of course, yeah, but you know, it's not guaranteed. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. You know, it's just an algorithmic, an algorithmic guesstimation. Is that even a real sentence? Well, it is now. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> it so is I now. Hope so, <laughs> number seven on this list though is the University of Texas Longhorns. Seventeen point four percent chance to make the playoff. Now, seven. Say, say that again. Seventeen point four percent chance. It's given the, the Longhorns to make the playoff. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of many other factors involved in this in these projections because that that seems a bit. That seems low. That seems very low. Well, the fact that Oklahoma's got eleven point three percent on this what, is uh, yeah is 
what what even is this? Does he explain what algorithm he's using? There's no explanation on this whatsoever. Like none at all. It's just ESPN. I mean, this is on Longhorns Wire uh, that I found this. But I mean, number fifteen on this list here: Aggies, Texas A and M, two point zero percent chance making the playoff. Okay, well, I guess we're talking about the playoffs. We're not talking about bowl games. We're just talking about the the four team playoff. So yeah, sure, seventeen percent. I guess is for the Longhorns. I mean, you can get behind that, but yeah, these, I, these, I don't buy the the seventy nine percent. These whatever. one, two, three, four, five. They, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, seventeen point nine percent chance to make the playoff. I heard they're not supposed to be that good this year. Mm-hmm. I know we've been we've been propping them up as because they're they always seem to be there, but they're not projected to be fifty eight point two percent for Clemson. I mean you that know, seems just I, low. It just I, sounds yeah, low. Yeah, yeah, it does seem low. But I, I guess there's got to be different factors involved, and it's really hard to get to a four-team playoff. So. And maybe if 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 they'd given us a little explanation here of how they they, nice. they drum this all up. Yeah. But uh, but maybe that's why they left it out for people like us to speculate. Us to just sit and flap in the breeze exactly. on the airwaves. Yeah. Yeah. Be like that's stupid. Well, you that, didn't you didn't do the right thing. Well, that's certainly what happened with. How this. dare you? Well, speaking of college football, of course, we know uh, Saturday is the big day. Kickoff. Oh, yeah, what's happening that day? I think there's a game here in Austin. Oh, right, know, like right, a right, 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 right. Rugby okay. match or something cool, like cool, that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah, the Longhorns yeah. kicking off their season uh, 7 p.m. on uh, Saturday night against Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Monroe. They should have flipped the times. The Warhawks, the, the Warhawks. The second game. They're hacks for now, but they're hacks for real. Uh, Texas a or Texas wide receiver uh, Xavier Worthy, you know, had a pretty historic freshman season, mm-hmm. uh, cementing his spot in the in the history. At sixty two catches, nine hundred and eighty one yards, twelve touchdowns, wow. shattered Texas first year receiving records, and uh, proved good enough to receive freshman All American honors, especially with a, a quarterback carousel going on the entire season. Yeah, and he still just was out there dominating. And uh, there's a lot of expectation that he's gonna he's set to improve on on his already impressive numbers this season. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, known for putting his wide receivers in a pretty good position to put up big stats, not gonna change this year. Uh, were these the undoubted top target in an offense that's got the potential to really be one of the best in the country? Mm-hmm. Uh, strong starting talent uh, added to his group of offense over the week or over the off season, uh, including uh, Quinn Ewers, yep. who you brought up. I did see some highlights of him from uh, the Longhorn practice. Looking, there was a Longhorn game between each other. Yeah, man, he had some nice throws. He's looking holy good. moly. He's looking look, very he was looking very good. Pretty darn good. I mean, you know, all this hype we've been giving the horns, uh, pretty much since we went on the air with the bullpen. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly, I, I just have. I got a better feeling about this season than I have in a, in a long, long time for the university. Even for ba- good reason. Even back under under Mac Brown, mm-hmm. you know, like even back that era. They didn't really have – I would always go into it at least with the expectation they were going to lose one to Oklahoma. Sure. But and – I, and I don't expect them to go, you know, undefeated this year. Mm-hmm. But I just – for some reason I've got a more optimistic outlook about this team and where they could go from here. Right. You know, beyond just this year. Well, I'm, I'm, week I'm two like, will be your biggest test. Let me Show tell me you, what you got. Can you imagine – Show me what you got. The, the shakeup if Texas beats Alabama in week two. I'll tell you what, they'll be a top 15 team the next the next morning. You better believe it. 100%. You better believe it. And I feel like if that if if they beat them pretty, I mean, even by 3, you know, at the last second, I feel like that's a good indication of where they're going to be all year. Yeah. Uh only even time if they tell. don't beat by beat Louisiana Lafayette by 40 or whatever. 38.5. 38.5. Is yeah. is there there are 38.5 Point Has that not moved? Not not since I saw yesterday. <laughs> it, went, it went up from what Monday 
was 37. Monday was 37.5. Yeah. And then by yesterday, it was 38. A whole point. It'll be 40 by tomorrow. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll make That's sure it's ridiculous. Hey, the uh, shifting gears over to the NBA. We don't talk a lot of basketball here yet, but uh, the Spurs are among the Lakers' top trade options for Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Expectations were pretty high from the, for the, the Lakers when they traded for him last summer. No offense, but why would he want to be, be coming to San Antonio? Why would he want to be a Spur? Well, I, I mean. They just I, traded away their best player. It yeah. sounded like they were kind of giving up on this year. Well, I don't know. I, 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 there's, there's been talk about it. Um, I mean, they, you know, 33 and 49, the Lakers went last year. Not, not enough to make even make the playoffs mm-hmm. or qualify for, you know, play-in tournament. Right. Um, but, I mean, the Lakers have been shopping him. There's been messaging from, you know, suggesting that there's an interest in running it back with Westbrook. I mean, they've shopped him a lot of times, running through the off season, sought to play him more. But I, I don't know. Uh, he, he's moved. He, <clears throat> let's see. This is uh. He's on an expiring $47.1 million salary with a pretty bleak outlook when you think mm-hmm. about it for being a long-term fit with any organization. I honestly forgot he was on the Lakers. That's yeah. how much I pay attention to. Yeah, uh, but the Spurs, uh, there's speculation that the Spurs could be in the running here if they wanted him. They've got massive amounts of salary cap, mm-hmm. uh, space remaining. They can t- take on a greater differential salary than most trade suitors, and that would potentially assist the Lakers financially in reducing their bloated payroll. Sure. Um, but... You know, and they could probably trade guys like Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson. You know, they could fill pretty important complementary roles over there alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, but just you know, kind of an interesting prospect. Yeah. As we're approaching a tip off of the NBA season, you can look at what some of the other teams might be able to offer for a guy like Westbrook. But I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure why anybody might really want to spend very much money here. on a guy like yeah. him. I um, mean, it would definitely put butts in the seats for San Antonio. I think that might be one of the best reasons to consider it mm-hmm. for a team like San Antonio. You know, I mean, you don't have you don't have the names like you used to anymore. You know, the those household Spurs names, Tim, right. Tim Duncan and yeah. you know, uh, not Tony, even DeJounte Murray anymore. No. Everyone's I, gone. I grew up in the era of the Admiral. You know, yeah. David Robinson. Yeah. He was he was yeah. one of my favorite players of all time as a kid growing up. Um but yeah, so yeah, I think the Spurs could use it a household name. But but again, a guy like Russell Westbrook, I mean, do you want to spend the kind of money on a guy that I feel like he's at, at the point, point in his career? Yeah, he's at the point in his career that I guess he's done enough winning. Now he just wants to make some some money yeah. before he retires out because yeah. I feel like that'll probably be pretty soon. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't want who wouldn't want to build on Amen. More power to more him. More millions of dollars. I guess, yeah. If only do, do your if, thing. if only. Uh, we got more on the way, a little baseball talk, including Major, uh, Major League Baseball arguing that uh, a fairly well-known umpire had uh, too many overturned spots in a, in a division series one year, and that's why he's never been allowed to play in the World Series. Yeah, we'll tell you more about that coming up. This is the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the bullpen with Brandon Elkins, Patrick Osborne. I'm here. <coughs> okay. Yeah, I'm good. You dying over there? No, I'm good. I'm gonna pull a Harry Callis. Choking on some water. Pull a Harry Callis in the booth. Uh. No. Uh, <laughs> too much water. I'm sorry. My God, man. I'm good. I swear. I'm I'll, I'll edit this out. Mr. COVID over there. <laughs> I've already had it twice. All right, man. No more, please. I'm good. Um, so. As you probably know, being a baseball fan, yes. you or I should not know the name of any Major League Baseball umpire ever. Pretty sure. We should never even notice them there, except for when they're calling balls and strikes, and you got to make sure where it's thrown. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. Unfortunately, we know the name Angel Hernandez all too well. Yes. Now, if you ask almost any baseball fan, they'll tell you the guy's an absolute tool. Worst stump of all time. Did not deserve the job he got. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the worst. I, I can't think of a – certainly I can't think of a more controversial ump, but uh, making the argument worst of all time, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think 100%. so. And uh, Major League Baseball is now arguing that his three overturned calls in the 2018 American League Division Series are the reason why he lost a – never has gotten a World Series spot there. <laughs> he was on track to umpire the 18 World Series. Uh, but he got overturned three times at first base on video reviews during Game 3 of the ALDS between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, and therein lies the problem. Now, he is he's sued. He started umpiring in 1993. He sued in 2017, alleging that uh, he's been discriminated against because <laughs> he hasn't been assigned to the World yeah, Series since I, 2005. I remember that. And had been passed over for crew chief. And that's what it was, the crew chief he, he, he wasn't getting. Major League Baseball, uh, a, a judge actually ruled that he hasn't presented the record doesn't contain even a scintilla of evidence that the MLB's actions were based on his race or national origin. That's a 58. Uh, he pick. argued that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. He's that's that's part of uh, his argument here is discrimination. You don't. <laughs> you could argue that all you want, sure. man. Yeah, but you can. All you can all anybody try. has to have is a set of working. Eye. They don't even have to work that good yeah. to see he's these these bad calls he yeah. makes. Some of the worst home plate umpiring I've ever seen. I can't believe. Is he so naive to the fact? Of himself, because it's so easy. There, there's highlights on YouTube of Angel Hernandez's yeah. worst calls of all time. Absolutely, there are. are you said he's he's been around since what ninety three. Yeah, he started in ninety three. So yeah. what? That's twenty. Uh, the twenty. Nineteen years. That's nineteen years. Yeah. yeah. So they have nineteen years of footage of how bad he's been. Like all they and have he's been to bad do, for all nineteen all, years of them. All they all have to do is go back and look at the last. 10 years, the last five years, the last 15 years, they'll find it and they'll show, they can easily show yeah. how bad he's been. They also cited I his. I just can't believe he's trying to argue against that. He He's so, I mean, he's so unwilling to uh, take accountability and responsibility for things. Uh, he's, uh, let's see here, MLB also cited his failure to reverse a call uh, that the Oakland A's, uh, Adam Rosales, had doubled, failed to clear the wall with what would have been a tying home run in the ninth inning at Cleveland back in uh, May of 2013. And uh, MLB says for years he's refused to admit that the call he made was incorrect. Instead, he's attempted to blame the quality of the replay equipment. <laughs> Dude, be a bigger clown. What the hell? Oh, my God. I, so is, I, I got no is, sympathy for him. No. I got no sympathy for a guy like C.B. Buckner mm. or Joe West. Thank mm. God Thank he's God not he's around gone. anymore. Yep. But, but, again, these are guys' names we shouldn't know, but we do know them because they're clowns. So real quick, this is like one of the worst unions of all time because, but because because of the union, the umpires union, the umpires yeah. union, he's allowed to still have a job because he's been doing it for twenty years. I think after ten years, you get uh, seniority, or uh, or tenure. I guess is maybe I don't know what they call it, but you're basically unfireable in that position, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I so guess. that that that's but, the one thing that I don't like about this is because he still gets to keep his job because of the union. And and he shouldn't. He should have been fired years ago. Well, because of how egregiously bad his calls are. Well, here's more of the reason to back up what you're saying. There, the MLB wrote yesterday. Hernandez has been quick to eject managers, which inflames on-field tensions rather than issue warnings that potentially could diffuse those situations. Mm-hmm. Hernandez also failed to communicate with other umpires on his crew, which has resulted in confusion on the field and unnecessary game delays. Joe Torre. 
uh, observed uh, that uh, Hernandez throwing his headset off of uh, after a, a video review overturned one of his calls in 2014. Really? Misapplied a substitution rule, leading to a 14-minute delay and a protest uh, of game uh, at a game between uh, Boston and Tampa Bay back on uh, July 24th of 2019. Oh, my goodness. So 14 minutes in a protest. He... I didn't hear about that. He threw his headset off after he, they overturned his call. He got pissed because his own call wasn't good enough. Yeah. Wow. His own incorrect call didn't stand. If there's ever a reason to get rid of someone, I mean, that right there should have been enough. Mm. That should have been the icing on the cake. You know who doesn't get enough credit? Who's that? Who the hell is the umpire who on the Derek Jeter, Jason Giambi, or was it one of the Giambis, what, that famous call? That was Kerwin Danley. See, you already know that. Kerwin Danley. You already know that. Yeah, that was one of the wor- that Giambi was safe on that call. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Bleacher Report had an article one time. It's called like the the worst blown call of all time or something like That's that. That's a good title something, for something that like because that, but... that was completely blown. If there was replay, that would have been overturned, and maybe we would never have to talk about Derek Jeter like we do ever. Now, look, I, there's no denying that this was one of the more exciting plays uh, in a in a postseason. It, it, it was just it was a very exciting moment. You're talking about 2001. Mm-hmm. The nation needed something, you know, post 9/11, and this was a very exciting series. But Giambi wasn't. <laughs> Giambi was safe. He was safe. He Gian- was on the bag. Giambi was safe. He, he was on home plate. Yeah. His foot was on home plate. And why does this ump get away scot free? How come d- no one ever talks about him? Nobody, nobody, because it's Derek Jeter. If it had been the other way around, we would be talking about him. Yeah. Who who was the shortstop for that for the A's in 2000? Oh, that was Tejada, right? Miguel Tejada. Yeah, Miguel Tejada. I only know that because I yeah. watch Moneyball. All the it time. was Miguel Tejada. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he gets away with scot free. Like, give me a break. That was they call that one of the greatest. I've heard that called one of the greatest plays ever made by a shortstop, and it shouldn't be like that. Maybe I'm bitter just because I don't like the Yankees, and I'm not. A, I've never been a fan of Derek Jeter. I feel like he's the fakest person I've ever seen in my entire life. One of them, next to Derek Carr, honestly. But. Yeah. You, I mean, you really got to make an argument that he wasn't one of the best of his era. I know. You really got to work that. hard to make I know, that argument. I know that. No, I know he was great. I know he was great. I just don't like him. Well, you don't have to lay out I don't like him. I don't like him as a human. How, how much you want to bet that ump got a nice little uh, thank you basket from Derek Jeter he like probably he does did. to all his And you know where he probably got girlfriends. it? I'm sure he probably got it as he sauntered his way back to his apartment somewhere in the Bronx. Yep. That's why Jeter got that call. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't know if, if Danley lived in the Bronx. I'm just saying. Tinfoil hat me says, you're right, sir. Just saying. <laughs> hey, uh, name that we've mentioned quite quite a few times here on the bullpen. Did something again last night. Uh-oh. Uh, Shohei Otani. Right. You know who that is? You heard I've, of that guy? I've heard of him. Yeah, I know uh, of plays him. Plays for some team over the Los Angeles. Anaheim. Area. Yeah. Somewhere in Cali. Uh, he's now accomplished something no other major leaguer's ever done. Uh, again. So the AL MVP race, right, it's coming down to Shohei Otani, yep. Aaron Judge. And while Judge is nearing the home run record, Otani's achieved a milestone. At, it's put him in a club of just one. First player in the Major League Baseball history to hit 30 home runs and 10 pitching wins in a single season. That's pretty cool. Help That's the actually An- really cool. And the Angels topped the Yankees 3-2 last night. Yep, I saw that. On his the Yanks big three-run home run. Yeah. I think the Yanks are going to limp into the postseason. I think they'll be all right. No, I think they're going to make yeah, it, but they're going to limp in You're definitely right. They're going to limp in, but they're still going to get the bye, so yeah. they'll have some time. But Otani went 5-for-12 uh, with two homers and uh, five RBIs in the series. Uh, but he's also the first Japanese-born player now to hit 30 home runs in consecutive seasons. Look, I'm I'm happy to see the Angels be the spoiler. Now that we don't have to now that the Mariners don't have to play them anymore. Like, spoil away. 
you go beat all those teams. You 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 get all those wins that you lost early on in the season. That's all they're good for over I there. I cannot believe that at one point they were 10 games over 500 yeah. and just dominating fools. Yeah. Holy crap. Meantime, the other the other team in LA, the Dodgers, best team in the league. Yeah, first team to hit one 90 of the wins best teams this, in the league. 90 wins this season. Uh but Otani <laughs> You know, it feels weird that they're already at ninety, but it also makes sense well, it's, because it's September. It's September. How yeah. is it September? Yeah, we've been in summer for like eight months. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels weird. The, Nothing feels the same right now. Everything's different. What is life? <laughs> 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 but it but it should make sense, like because they're a really good team, and we're at the point of the season where they should be at ninety wins. They are a really good but team. But it, it happened too fast, man. This baseball season's too fast. That always is the case, though. I, I, every, it seems like every year I, I look at my mother and I say, I can't believe it's already the, you know, the All Star break. Yeah, I can't believe it's already the All Star break. Now it's, and then, now it's September. And then before you know it, I'm sitting on a bar stool at my buddy's Irish pub mm-hmm. up in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, watching the World Series every year. I mean, it just comes around like that every yeah. year. We're gonna miss you during the World Series, aren't we? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. Wonder if you can Comrex from Maine. Uh, I might be able to. Maybe. But guess who won't be doing that? You. Oh God. <laughs> And when Good I'm up, call. When I'm up there, I disconnect from everything. As you should. Everything. As you should. That's your vacation. That is my absolute. That's my. That's your home away from home. Home away from home. Yes, yep. indeed. Uh, the Rangers and the homestead. Uh, homestead with the uh, the Astros. Five uh, three loss last night. So they got wiped in this little two game set set here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Astros took both games. Uh, so uh, the Rangers continue a backslide. Uh, dropping back now to 13 games below 500. That's only one game uh, above their worst mark of the entire season. And uh, tonight they got a series opener uh, with the Boston Red Sox. Who knows? It's, you know, Boston's Man, not great. Boston's I, not so great this year either. So you know, I want to feel bad for Rangers fans, but I can't because I'm in the same division and they've had a lot more success than my team has recently. But this was so easily you could see this coming. Easily. They don't have the pitching to back up their offense, and no, they're off. There was no way Marcus are. Simeon was going to be able to match what he did last year with the Blue Jays. Like they, there's just not, there's no way. Yeah, and they don't. Yeah, sure, they have Simeon and Seager, but who else? Nobody. Honestly, nobody. Honestly, and they're fifty-eight and seventy-one. They didn't. They're they, not going anywhere. They they spent four hundred million dollars on two guys, and and sure some pitching, but. It's all forgettable when you don't have enough to back up those guys. Yeah, if they it, they don't have enough, they didn't have enough. I don't know what they expected this year with those two guys to carry their their team. They've never been the the type of players to carry a team. Yeah, with Seager and and Simeon, sure they're a really good piece. Yeah, they're actually playing to what how they should. Maybe Simeon, maybe a little bit more was expected of him because of his season last year. But no one, I no one could have possibly expected him to do that. Yeah. So I just. They're just gonna have to either keep spending money or hope that you know they got some homegrown players that are gonna, gonna know, step man. up because it. I don't think it they've seems got the a little bleak in the in in Arlington right now. I mean, you've got uh, unless your unless your team name rhymes with Jankies, right. you know, you're not dropping four hundred million dollars and then still got a whole lot left over to go buy some more guys. They bl- they blew it. They yeah. they blew their. Yep. I mean, they took their shot with these guys, and it, and anybody could have told it. Somebody should have told him that's not going to be enough. I don't, at, this is a bad yeah. idea. At this rate, both those guys are going to be traded within the next two to three years. Absolutely, if, no if doubt they about keep it. Keep up with that. No doubt about it. Now they don't have enough money to spend on everyone else. Yep. I don't know what they were thinking. What they need to do is just uh, they they need to to go back and grow their whole farm system and just accept the they're the Rangers. They're not going anywhere for a long time anyway. Everybody knows that. So just yeah. accept that fact. Build yep. your team. 
And then you got something down the road. I mean, trading Corey Seager right now. $400 million. Can you imagine what they'd get for Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon? Holy moly. I mean, even though other teams know they're desperate, they'll still roll out the red carpet for both those guys. And maybe that was their plan all along. Those guys together could benefit a lot of squads out there, just not the Texas Rangers. Maybe that was their plan this whole time, was to bring them in here for a year or two, see if it works. If it doesn't, we're going to trade you, you know, play to your, your standards. We're, we're going to trade you to a, you know, a better team, and we're going to get a really nice re- return from it. From yeah. both those guys, that's going to be a pretty good return. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also over there in the AL West, the Astros, uh, they've got uh, – you heard this kid, Hunter Brown, by chance? I have not. Top-ranked prospect. Uh, and, I've uh, probably seen him at Round Rock. He's going to be added to the big league roster tomorrow. It's a, a day after teams can expand their rosters mm-hmm. uh, from 26 to 28. He joined the Astros on Tuesday – uh, as part of the team's taxi squad in advance of, of being activated. Sure. And uh, he was informed on Sunday's game at, at, in AAA that he was going to be playing. He just turned 24 years old. Uh, nothing left to prove uh, there in AAA ball. Uh, 2.55 ERA, uh, 1.08 whip. Oh, wow. Uh, opponents are batting 186 against him. He's got 134 strikeouts, 106 innings. Sounds like he's ready. Yeah. And that's scary because that – that pitching staff for the Astros is already scary. Yeah, good. they're monstrous. Yeah, they are absolutely monstrous. Uh, Framer Valdez, Lance McCullers, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, and Christian Javier. Uh, don't forget about Justin Verlander. Sure, and he's out obviously that's, right now in the fifteen day IL. This guy up, right? Uh, yeah, but they. I mean, this kid uh, Hunter Brown. I've I've seen him pitch. I like what I see from this kid. Sure, and I think I mean he he, he hucks a ninety nine mile an hour fastball. Bad. I mean, that, it's almost average now. Uh, he's got a pretty nasty curveball, drops right off the table. Um, he can go fairly deep, you know, if need be. I think he's a future starter for Look, the Astros. If you're throwing these numbers in AAA, you're ready. Absolutely. 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 Because that is, a lot of those guys are MLB caliber players. Yeah. So, yeah, bring it on. I think he's, and I, he's only going to get a few starts. He may not make the playoff for, uh, roster, but at least it's, you know, like I said yesterday, Astros are fine. Yeah, they're the top team in the league. Yeah, they could lose twenty games in a row and still probably be totally fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, bring him up here, see what he can do. You know, put him in Verlander's spot, see, see what he can do for you know a few a few starts. And I think it'll be there. a lot of give fun. Him, give him a little taste. It's definitely right now if if you if you enjoy watching the the up and comers and on yeah. these teams, now's a good time to tune in. And Absolutely. Watch the Astros September sure. is usually for the for the younger players anyway. Uh, we got to uh, take a quick break here. A few more things coming your way here on the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the final segment of the Thursday edition of the bullpen here on 1027 ESPN. Hey, we're already here. You got a ball game on over there. I do. Who's playing? Baseball. Mariners and uh, Tigers. Let's score. It is one to nothing Mariners to start off the game. You heard it here. You yes. heard it here Breaking first. Breaking news. Folks. You heard it the here. The Mariners are winning again. Trying to make do with the best we can right now with this lightning stricken building. That's the yeah. second time today, by the That's way. That's okay. You know what? It's deserved. But our TVs, our monitors still down, so it's uh, yeah. tough. I mean, it's, look at this beauty behind you that we can't use. It's just unbelievable. Nice flat screen. Yeah, right? Hey, speaking of baseball, I'm not done talking about it. Good. Neither am I. Did you see Brandon Nimmo's catch last night? You know what? I did because one of my good buddies is a huge Mets fan, and he made sure I saw it. Oh really? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was a fabulous. It kid. was. It was really, really good. It, uh, it kind of looked like he had an Angels on the outfield moment. Kind of, yeah. Like Matthew McConaughey, he, you know, where he, he kind of got lifted. It kind of he had that drift 
Like somebody was holding on to him as he was flying back. It was it was pretty exciting. It was uh, you know Mets Dodgers and uh, battle of the two of the NL's top teams. Yep. Mets were leading two one at the top of the seventh when Justin Turner stepped up to bat against Jacob Degrom, who who's one of the best pitchers ever. Pretty lights yeah. out. He's he's amazing. Uh, Turner nearly cranked it over the fence. If not for Nemo, just you know growing wings out there in deep center field, deepest part of the field, mm-hmm. uh, able to make this running leap of a grab uh, and uh, rob this surefire home run, kept the Mets ahead in the game. And seriously, if you haven't seen this catch, you got to see it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if he would have missed that, that ball was so close to hitting the top of the fence that, I mean, regardless, it was a crazy play. But, I mean, that ball would have gone out regardless. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just by inches. And Jacob DeGrom, inches. did you see his his reaction? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was, owes him a steak dinner or two so for that impressed. one. He was so impressed. That got me thinking, though. What uh, Are there any, like, home run robs? That really stick out in your mind as one of the most memorable for you? Uh, yeah, big one would be the Ken Griffey Jr. one against against the Yankees. That was a big in one. His rookie year. That was uh, a big one. That kind of blew a lot of people away. I've seen Mike Trout take a bunch of home runs away mm-hmm. from my my team that have been. I've seen him take away a couple grand slams as well. So pretty much anything from Mike Trout. I did see Ichiro Suzuki climb literally Ichiro climb, climb the, the fence, yeah. and I feel like they. <laughs> That was like a, a nod to uh, Bo Jackson. No, to Major League back in the minors when the when the dude climbed the fence, oh. literally stood on the fence and and grabbed it. That's right. Uh, I forgot come, you like that that third Major League movie. It's okay. It's yeah. funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's not the best, but it's it's entertaining. What about Indy Chavez? Two thousand six game yeah, seven against. Yeah, he uh, brought that. Uh, my buddy brought that up. The same thing. He, I think the Indy Chavez to the Indy Chavez uh, home run. I think that's my favorite. Away. My favorite home run rob of all time. Indy Chavez in game game seven uh, in two thousand six against the uh, Cardinals. I yeah. believe. Yep. And this, it, I, I miss Andy Chavez. It like, it like cool. to took his his wrist off. It looked like it just you know, his whole wrist bent back as he's mm-hmm. catching this. I was God, it was great. Maybe my favorite would be Jose Canseco's. Uh, off giving, the head, giving the home run off his off his head. Oh, the, right the off noggin homer! I love that one. <laughs> Probably one of the most frustrating uh, outfielders I've seen when it comes to rob. Not necessarily just home run robs, but just robbing guys in general. I think was Jim Edmonds okay. when he played for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and that was of course that he, dude could swan dive and catch anything. That but, was insane. He was I, insane. I still remember the 2004 it was Game Seven of the 2004 NLCS Astros and Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And that was the year that the Cardinals were supposed to go on and just win everything. And they, they got swept by the Red Sox. But this was one of the most exciting uh, LCSs I'd watched, with, and maybe because it was in, in, had the Astros, but it was Game 7. I can't remember who hit it, but it was just this deep shot to, to center field. Nobody should have caught this thing. And Jim Edmonds just laid out. Mm-hmm. And He's Superman, though. Absolute worst moment you know, <laughs> well, up until the next year when Pujols hit that homer off of Brad Lidge. But uh, up until that, I thought, oh, man, well, that's it for us. Mm-hmm. That, we're never going to get this mm-hmm. close to the World Series again. <laughs> and I was going to blame it all on Jim Edmonds. Little for, did for you know. Catch. Little did he know. They had a great team that year in 04. The Astros did, though, with Jeff Kent. And uh, uh, Carlos Beltran hit Carlos eight Beltran, homers yeah. in that postseason. What a shame he didn't get a chance to, to coach that team, to manage that team, because of the whole cheating stuff. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen you, how, how he did, though. I think he'll get another shot. He didn't make a lot of fans here, uh, and well, not here, but Houston mm-hmm. Astros fans. They they loved him for what he did in 2004, but he wouldn't stay. Right. He came late in the season. Yeah, he was a he, he was, was only being around a for a short time. Cranky superstar. Uh, who was he gonna? 
was it the Mets, Mets. that were here that were going to have him manage? And then oh, the, was it the Mets? It wasn't I think the Astros. It was the Mets. Okay, you're right. Yeah, he yeah was you're right. You're right. Manage the Mets. He, he was hired. He had the job. That's and right. Then the and then whole the cheating, cheating thing came stuff down. Came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, don't cheat. That's all I'm. You know, that's all I want to. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Look, I know. Every, I'm not naive to the fact that every other team has their own ways, and they they. Astros just got Astros and Sox got caught. So Astros and Sox got caught. Don't get caught. That's I guess that's all I can say. About Listen, that. I don't, I don't care how you steal signs. In fact, I I, I fully whole, I wholeheartedly endorse stealing signs up until the point that you use an Apple Watch and trash cans. You bring technology into it. Yeah. You know, but you know if your catcher's weak, well, you lose, man. Yeah. You pretty lose. much can't can't argue with that. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> It's just as old as the game itself. Yeah. Uh, open uh, Open champion uh, Cameron Smith says it's not fair that live golfers aren't getting ranking points. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I got to wonder, though, at, some, at what point are they going to stop whining about that? I mean, I understand what you think it's unfair. Sure. But you know the game right now. You know yeah. the game. Like, you're not that you know PGA doesn't want to play ball with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a year or two or ten, maybe. But for right now, how many more guys are going to complain about that? Probably until something happens. Yeah. I think that's probably a a little bit of a uh, um, what do you call it? You know, projecting to the Saudis or the owners of Live Golf that hey, you guys need to get on top of this because we want to still continue to be in the rankings. The funny thing about Cam Smith, this guy's a genius. This was a uh, uh, I think Ed brought this up yesterday. He's a genius because winning the uh, the Open Championship made him exempt for all majors for the next season. That's right, it did. So not only is he going to make a buttload of money going to live and go in playing in their tournaments, he's still eligible to play in all the major tournaments in the PGA. That's right, and he did so, it on a one-shot win, too. It was like just a exactly. narrow margin. The only thing he won't be able to, to play in is, I think, the Ryder Cup or the uh, – the, there's an open championship later on that he's not allowed to play um, that he won, I believe. But for now, something that he won, yeah. But for now, he can only he can play in the majors. But after that, it's game over. He's not he won't be allowed ever again. And he still, even though he can play, he can't he can't earn world rankings anymore. True, but he still can make that money. He can make big. <laughs> He's bank. gonna make a lot of money. Big bank. And of course, uh, I think eventually, I think eventually, once all this settles, they'll probably end up getting in the world rankings. But I mean, it's a brand new league. Like this is just things that they didn't get to maybe get to before they finally. You know, made the league go live. Right. So maybe eventually down the road, this will all get smoothed out. And oh, I have no doubt about that. Maybe the PGA that. and Live will all be, you know, happily ever after friends. You know, fake friends, but they'll still be able to pretend like they're friends in the media. And so, what you'll see happen long, a long ways down the road is that eventually this will merge back into just one, one league, sure. one tour. Sure. Live Golf, PGA, Live GA, PGA, whatever. <laughs> you know. It's gonna. It's, so you think they'll merge together? They will. That it, it, eventually, and I don't. It won't. It won't happen anytime soon. I just even, see, even with all the backlash with the Saudis. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see it down the road, 10, 20, 30 sure. years from now, fifty years from now, if they're still both still around. Yeah. And I keep bringing this up, like we haven't argued with the fact that the Saudis have their hands in literally everything in this country. Absolutely, so they got a it's lot only, of money. It's only around. because it's brought into the spotlight with this that we we bring it up. But you know what? That it all sounds pretty good to me. But I don't know how they'd make that work with scheduling. Because the guys left because they wanted a better and easier schedule. Yeah. So. Yeah. I hope they make it work. I'd love to see them stop bickering like children. I'm looking forward to watching some of these matches, though. I I, I just kind of want to see the difference. Yeah. I, I they're on YouTube. 
right? Yeah, they need to get on a, a network channel. Kind of like we were talking with the NFL earlier in the show, uh, you know, with their streaming and their Amazon and their not marketing themselves properly. Yeah. They'll come back to bite you. It's it's true. Very, no, very true. No doubt about that. That's about going to wrap it up for us today on the bullpen. We uh, appreciate you sticking around with us today. Got uh, just one more day this one week. Day. And then, Friday, uh, look at tomorrow, baby. Friday, so, again, it was uh, Monday, Monday, Junior, Monday, Part 3, Monday, Part 4, and Friday. So, it's, we're Monday, Part 4. Love it. It's almost over. Part 4 is now done for us. Glass is always half full yes, in these parts. Yes, sir. Well, once again, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, Brandon, I hope you have yourself a fantastic afternoon, my friend. Me too. I can't wait to see you tomorrow, my yeah, friend. I'll be back in the bullpen tomorrow. Yes, sir. See you. See you.